Father, we come before you thankful for who you've made us to be, who you are training us to be, and what you are going to do with us, Lord. We ask, Lord, just to to show us, to enlighten us with your word. Lead us down the paths of righteousness. And focus on you. I ask, Lord, that you put your words into my mouth and anything that is of me, let it fall away and let your word find good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is following up to the sermon on battlefields. And it's kind of a jump off from a homework assignment that I gave to Tony to track down and to watch Saving Private Ryan and just look at the soldiers and what does it mean to be a soldier? How do they interact with each other? How do they treat each other? And all those, because what I want us to understand and what I said in that previous sermon is that we are all soldiers in this spiritual battle between heaven and hell. And so we, we walk around in church and we say, oh, hey, brother, oh, hey, sister, you know, how are you doing today? Not even waiting for an answer, just kind of a, hey, see you later. And so these men in the movie call each other brothers. And to them, it means something. And so I want us to be challenged to understand that when we say, when you call me a brother, this is what I expect of you when you call me a brother, or I call you a sister. This is how I expect myself to act and treat someone. But so I've said before that the enemy dictates whether or not you're part of a conflict. So you can be a bystander, you can be active in the fight, or you can be a victim. And for me personally, I choose to be a fighter in it. I'm not a victim, I don't want to be a victim, because all victim menta- the victim mentality just keeps you on the defensive and useless in anything. So, you know, you can say, well, I'm not a ba- I've never been in the military. I've never, I've never been to war. I've never fought. And the, the answer is that you have been. You've been every day that you live for God is a battle. It's a battle against sin. It's a battle against your own desires. It's a battle to do the will of God. So you have to change your mentality from just a, oh, I'm just a a cashier at CVS. You know, or, oh, I'm just a detailer at a body shop. 
You're so much more than that. And so I kind of, I want us to, to kind of look deeper at what it means to be a soldier in God's army. And so to directly counter someone saying, well, I'm not a soldier. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy 2, 3 through 4. And this is Paul saying to Timothy, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who is enlisted as a soldier. As a good soldier in Jesus Christ. So guess what? You're a soldier. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a grandparent, you are a soldier. You can take the war to the enemy no matter the stage in life, no matter your walk of life, no matter your job in this physical world, you are a soldier engaged in battle. And so I want us to look at Joshua 6. So Joshua 6 deals with Jericho and the destruction of Jericho. And we're all fairly familiar with it that the Israelites walk around Jericho for seven days and on the seventh day they blow horns, they shout, and walls just fall down. So in Jericho, or in Joshua 6, Verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. So there are men of war. God has men of war. Because men of war have to train up those that aren't ready to go to war. There has to be people who are experienced in warfare to train up others to make them prepared and ready for warfare. But even priests can take part. They may not spill the blood, but they have an integral part in the battle. 
So no matter where you're at, as a pastor, as an apostle, as an evangelist, you are part of the battle, an active part in the battle. No matter your role, no matter your age, but you have to get that mentality through your head. You know, so all this, all this like the soldiers and the battlefield and this fighting kind of got stirred up by Hebrews 10, 23 through 24. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. So do you understand that the assembly, as God has said you are a good soldier... That you need to assemble yourselves together in preparation, in training to be a soldier. And so here I am, a man that has spent 12 years in the military and been to war. I'm here telling you, these are the steps you need to start to train yourselves. You need to prepare yourselves. Because I've asked the Lord, I say, Lord, why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I speaking about warfare right now? And the fact is we're engaged in warfare at all times. And people fall away. People think it's too much. Some people need a rest. And so there has to be others to refill the ranks and to hold the line, to hold the gap, to continue to push the kingdom of heaven forward. So what does it look like to be enlisted in God's army? And so like in 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4, we said that you are going to endure hardships. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than, that, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So you are going to endure hardships. And one of the greatest things you can do is lay down your life for a friend. And so speaking from personal experience, I went over with men. And I trained with those men for a year before I left with them. And by training with them, I knew who they were. I knew the character of those men. And I loved them as a brother. And I knew that when it came time 
If there was a battle, I would lay down my life for them. No matter the consequences, no matter who I left behind, I would have laid my life down for them. Because I was not going to let them down. The same should be in the kingdom of God. You should be able to exhort one another and do much more in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. Yet we walk around as a body of Christ and I can't trust 95% of the body of Christ or those that call themselves the body of Christ with deep struggles. Because what I will get in return is not building up but a tearing down in judgment. Because they don't train with me. They don't know me. And they certainly don't know the word. They don't have the love of God in their heart. I'm not going to go to war with somebody who I haven't walked beside. I haven't trained beside. Because I don't know your character. And I'm not going to come to you if I need help in a battle. Because I don't know if you're trustworthy. I don't want somebody next to me in battle that's going to lie, that's going to cheat, that's going to talk behind my back. Because I can't trust you that when the going gets tough, you're going to stay there and fight alongside me. That you're going to love me through my sins. That you're going to encourage me in the word. That you're going to push me to grow and to seek the Lord. I won't call you my brother in that aspect. Or sister. And if you're not willing to stand beside me, see you later. I don't want to fight beside you. So we are going to endure hardships. That's a guarantee. It happens in warfare. There is going to be sacrifices that need to be made. You are called to be in this world, not of this world. So there's going to be sacrifices because you're going to look different. You're not going to be popular. Jesus says that. You're going to get, if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. But you are supposed to exhort one another. That's building people up. That's encouraging them. That's challenging them. That's speaking life over someone. That's rebuking death that's been spoken over people. Deuteronomy 31.6 This is Moses talking to the Israelites. And he's been talking to them about the enemies that they're facing. 
and that the Lord is going to go through before them and he's going to destroy them. And he's saying, the Lord will give them over to you. This is verse five. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He's exhorting them. Moses knows he's not going with them. But he knows the type of encouragement that they are going to need as they face the coming battles. And so he goes on in that, the rest of that chapter to talk to Joshua and to exhort Joshua, who's now going to lead the armies of Israel through Israel. You have to work together. You have to be one unit. The body is made up of multiple different units that function as one. The same with a military. When you go, you have aircraft, you have pilots, you have logistics guys, you have communication guys, you have the foot soldiers, you have the, the tanks, you have the, you know, the infantry, you have all these things. But they all have to work together, jointly communicating with each other in order to be effective. The pilots have to know where the infantry guys are. Because otherwise they're just dropping bombs on their own guys. The artillery guys have to know where the pilots are. Because if they're launching shells in the air, the chances are they could possibly hit their own guys flying. We have to start working together as a functioning unit, training together as a functioning unit. And as you are training together, you gain strength, not physical strength, but spiritual strength, which comes from the Lord. Philippians 4.13 I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're weak. But in our weakness, God shows his strength. And his strength will be revealed in our weakness. Psalm 144. Verses 1 and 2. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. 
The Lord will train your hands for war and your fingers for battle. Peace is gained through battle. Peace is gained through warfare. Peace is kept through battle. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So understand this, as a soldier in boot camp, you are broken down to obey orders. You are put through rigorous physical, mental exercises to break you down and prepare you for when they build you up so that you are stronger together, to, you are stronger and more prepared for what you will face. The Lord has done that to me several times. He has had to break down strongholds and break down religious beliefs in my life in order for me to have a firm foundation that He can then build upon. And those lies and, tr and half-truths that I used to believe were only broken down once I got myself into the Word. And so as brothers and sisters in Christ, soldiers in Christ, we need to be getting together, we need to be reading the Word, we need to be challenging each other, and we need to be confessing our struggles to one another. Because then, I can cover your weakness, and you can cover mine. If I don't know what your weakness is, the enemy can exploit that. So I have no way of knowing how to properly pray for you, how to properly train you, and fight beside you. I can only do so much. But as somebody who's going to be standing next to you in battle, I need to know. Not for gossip's sake, but because I care about you and love you and want to cover you and fight alongside you. That's what I'm called to do. That's what we're all called to do. That's what a brother and a sister in arms does. Romans 5.3 And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. I'll tell you one thing. There is nothing stronger than that bond between 
brothers and sisters in arms than going through and suffering through the same thing. If you and somebody else go through the same crap and struggle, they know what you have experienced. They know the pain, the anguish that it causes. And it draws you closer because they can understand the feelings that you went through. If somebody hasn't walked through that same fire with you, their words don't mean a whole lot compared to somebody who has walked through with you. Yet, yet we struggle with being afraid to get into the trenches with people, with people that we call our brothers, with fellow Christians. You know, if you look around the world, China is persecuting Christians. Indian, in India, they're killing Christians. They're killing Christians in, in Nigeria. You know, when was the last time you lifted up a prayer for persecuted Christians around the world? When was the last time you prayed for your leaders? When was the last time you prayed for me? We've talked about the weapons, and, and, and I mean, the, the weapons just keep coming up and keep coming up, and I said, Lord, why? Why do I keep having to harp on the weapons? I feel like I've beaten this dead horse. And the answer that came to me is that we are unprepared and we don't know how to properly use these things. We don't employ prayer the way we should. We don't employ the truth the way we should. We don't employ righteousness the way we should. So obviously Ephesians 6 is where we get the weapons. And we don't know how to properly put these weapons, these arm, this armor and use these weapons. You know, the shield, I've talked about this many times. The shield isn't just a defensive weapon, it's an attacking weapon. It helps you take ground securely, but it also is help protect the person next to you. If we aren't acting as shield bearers for our friends and brothers, those that we call brothers, you're not. If I'm not covering your weakness as I'm moving forward, I'm leaving you exposed. And that weakens the, whole, the unit as a whole. Look at war. If you go look at war and look at how the shield was used, especially by the Romans in their formations, they were, the shields were interlocking, meant to prote protect everybody behind it, 
and let nothing through. Yet here we are, as Christians, not covering one another. Instead, we're actually exposing people on purpose. You know, if somebody says a struggle, says, I'm having a struggle, Tyler, and I then go and say, oh man, dude, have you heard that, you know, so-and-so has this struggle? I just exposed that person. I didn't cover him and protect him. I'm no brother of his. I'm probably worse than the enemy. In fact, I will guarantee you I'm worse than the enemy. Because the enemy make no, makes no bones about it. They're against you, and they want you to die. But here I am, a professing Christian, backbiting, lying, gossiping about somebody who is supposed to be in my family. That's worse. But when you have suffered through things with people that nobody else knows, sometimes those are the only people you can talk to. I can talk to my wife all day long about my experiences in Afghanistan and the struggles, and she can try and comprehend what I went through. But she doesn't know the physical anguish the mental anguish, the true mental anguish that I went through. The only people that can understand it are those people that walked with me. You know, if she went to war and she went somewhere else, chances are we would have a little bit more common ground in understanding that mental anguish. So we have to train ourselves to think like soldiers. The Bible calls us a good soldier in Jesus Christ. And now that you've been made aware, you have to start thinking like a soldier. You have to start taking orders like a soldier. The Lord is the one who dictates the battle and dictates the orders. And if you aren't listening to the Lord, by reading His Word, by listening in prayer, by spending time in His presence, you're a useless soldier that can't be trusted. You know, for those that were in the military, if we couldn't trust you, we would give you the, the meaningless jobs. Carry the water. Carry the you know, carry the ammo, carry the, you know, go dig trenches for us. We couldn't trust you to hold a weapon and fight beside us. So we have to start training. We have to, we, we have to act church like a cohesive unit. Not individuals, but one cohesive unit. We have to think as one. 
And the amazing thing is, is as we think like God, we're all going to think on the same page and we're going to be good. Nobody's going to be questioning it because they all understand the will of God. But if you aren't going after the Lord and seeking what His heart says, you're off base and can lead to confusion in the battle. And if there is confusion in the battle, that can be the difference between life and death. You have to, I'm trying to stress the importance and the necessity to start thinking like a soldier. Start thinking strategically in the kingdom of God. This isn't supposed to be fear and, and, and scaring you because you don't know what it's like to be in the military. Because the Lord has the victory. The Lord has dictated how the battle goes. So as a soldier and going to war, you are going to need certain things. You need to be equipped. You know, when they sent me overseas, they didn't say, here's a shovel, have, here's a shovel and sticks. Have fun. Good luck fighting them with, when they have assault rifles. No, they gave me body armor. They gave me grenades. They gave me rifles. They gave me heavily armored vehicles. They gave me the tools to fix those heavily armored vehicles. They gave me everything I needed. But how often do we as soldiers, when we go to war with, for the Lord, do we look at the Lord for the provision of everything? You know, it says in Philippians 4.19... Indeed, this is verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory of, by Christ Jesus. All your needs. You know, as somebody who may not be trained in war, you, don't, you may not even know what you need, but the Lord does. So if you start asking Him for the things that you need, He's going to give them to you. But in, not only that, He's not going to say, here's a grenade, have fun, good luck. And you, not knowing what a grenade is, may not even know how to use it. The Lord isn't going to give you the tools and not teach you how to use them.
He's going to teach you. He's going to show you and demonstrate. And he's not going to throw you into a battle that you aren't prepared for. So even though you think it's overwhelming and over your head, it's not. He will supply all your needs. In whatever battle you are facing, your needs are supplied. You just need to ask the Lord, what do I need in this moment? What do I need to use in this moment? 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you aren't in the Word, guess what? You're not complete. You're not equipped. You have no leg to stand on when you go to a brother to cor for correction. You have no leg to stand on if, for instruction. If you are not in the Word of God, shut your mouth. Because if you know the Word of God, and if you are in the Word of God, and you go for, to correct and to rebuke a brother, it's out of love. And if you go without proper training, you're just going to do more damage. We call that friendly fire. All you're going to do is cause friendly fire and injuries within your own ranks. But in these wars... And in these battles, it is God's. He, he places you in these battles so, so that you can grow, so that you can learn and trust in Him and where you need to be. It's faith that gets these things done. You know, so you think about, think about all, the, all the battles in the Bible that the Lord has fought. You know, we talked about one in battlefield, Second Chronicles, where Second Chronicles twenty, where Jehoshaphat receives from the Lord orders on how they're going to fight a battle. Then they go to the battlefield and everybody's dead. They didn't even have to raise a sword. You know, you think about God's victory at Red, at the Red Sea. The Israelites didn't have to do anything except in faith, walk through the Red Sea. The Lord delivered them from their enemies. They didn't fight. It didn't say, oh, they fought in the middle of the Red Sea. No, they ran according to the word of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them. You know, look at Jericho, right? The story of Jericho, the walls fell down. Not crumbled, they all fell flat. Humans can't do that. Humans can't walk, knock walls flat. 
the Lord can. Talk about Gideon and all his battles. You know, there, there's so many battles in the Bible, if you look for them, of where the Lord says, look, and I will deliver you. I will do these things. Obey me and I will deliver you. You know, listen to me and I, and I will deliver you. You know, there's a battle where somebody has to raise their hands. I believe it's Moses. That as long as he kept his hands up, the Israelites were winning the battle. But as soon as his arms went down, the Israelites started to lose. So then his arms just got tired, so they propped him up, and they won the battle that day. You have to listen to the Lord and the strategy that he gives for the battle. If you aren't going in prayer to the Lord before your battle, you aren't going to have the proper strategy to deal with the battle ahead. And I'm telling you, in the heat of battle, you don't want to be thinking up strategy. You know, there's, it's a popular uh, military saying that, you know, plans are all good up until the moment that you engage the enemy. Because you have a plan and the enemy has a plan. And the object is to make sure your plan is better than the enemy's. But if you just go into a battle with no plan, it's confusion and chaos. You know, when, when we brief a military plan to our subordinates, I'm telling them who's supporting us and where they're located. How many, what they're going to look like. I give them all the information that I can. So that they're prepared that when another unit comes to flank the other side, they're not going, ah, and shooting at them. And you are in constant communication, knowing that saying, hey, I'm moving. You know, even in boot camp, when you're doing a live fire exercise and all you were doing is moving in a line, you are yelling out, I'm up. So the other guy behind you knows that he's got a fire to cover you and that he knows that you're moving. Then you say, I'm down. And then he says, I'm up. And he's running. And he says, I'm down. So you are in constant communication as to where that person is located. You know, and we have a, we have a thing called a battle buddy where it's a pair that you and that person are locked together during a battle. You cover them, they cover you. It's a battle buddy. You don't leave your battle buddy. You don't run off without your battle buddy. You stay together as a cohesive unit. Romans 8. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he just listed everything that we're fighting against. Death, persecution, principalities, powers, things not present, things present. These are all things that we fight against. But there, at no point in time will the Lord not be aware of where we are and what we're dealing with, and what we're struggling with. That's his promise. Nothing can separate you. So in fear, if you are training yourself, fear doesn't have a hold on you. Fear doesn't hold you back. You know, if you are training with your battle buddy or you are training as a church, the things that you come up against, you won't fear. A, because you have the comfort knowing that you have walked through fire with your brothers and sisters and you can trust them, then you can even move beyond that and say, I can trust the Lord because of the promises that He has made to me. So if you don't trust your brothers and sisters, at least trust the Lord. And if you don't trust the Lord, you got issues. But your brothers and sisters knowing the struggles that you're in, knowing the things that you struggle with, should be able to rebuke you and set you up on the path to success and refocus you on the Lord. Everything that we do as a family, as a body of Christ, should be directing us to the Lord. Putting everyone's eyes to the Lord. When you take your eyes off the Lord, that is when fear comes in. That's when chaos comes in. That's when confusion comes in. I know that if I haven't been in the Word or I haven't been praying for a couple days, I know my head gets all fuzzy and I, and, and I can't place it. But the moment I come down and I set aside time with the Lord, my head clears. And the answers are there.
So guys, train yourselves. Start training yourselves. You know, as a soldier, you don't, you don't just pick every now and then to train. It's, a con it's your job. That is what you are supposed to be doing. You don't, you don't get proficient with a weapon or with the tools that the Lord has given you by just exercising with them once a month, once a, day, once a week. It is an everyday thing. You are supposed to be proficient in everything that the Lord has given you. So we have to stop making excuses that I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know where to go in the Bible. Stop being afraid and ask questions. Just do it. I don't know how to properly pray. Well, start praying first. And the Lord will show you what you need to pray for. How you pray. Open the word and he'll show, he teaches you how to pray. Stop being lazy. That's what kills soldiers. Don't be lazy if you're going to plan on fighting beside me. Because I'm going to bust my butt to make sure that I'm not lazy when it comes I need time to protect you. Because guys, you need to understand what you're up against. 2 Timothy 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as, also their, as theirs was also. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of love, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, what happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes. Listen here, guys. Yes. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and be deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, 
and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He just tells you what you're looking for. What you are going to be up against. That's your enemy, guys. That's the enemy. You train to that. And you train beyond that. So that's me exhorting you guys to start training harder than you've ever trained before. Read more than you have ever read before. Pray more than you have ever prayed before. Worship more than you have ever worshipped before. Because those people are coming. Yea, they're already here. They are already in this world. We are already seeing it. The battlefield isn't against the physical. It's against principalities. It's spiritual. And so we have to start engaging them with the spiritual weapons that we have been given. Seeking them out, seeking how to use them, training with them, training alongside others. Because if you are not doing it, you are wrong. You know, in battle, it's the last place where you want to be carrying a weak link. Because any second could be your last. So you have to train with others to understand what their limits are, what their strengths are, how far they can go. And you have to trust them. If you don't train with them, you can't trust them. And you have to show yourself trustworthy. Not everybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian. They may have a head knowledge, but unless they have a heart change and they act and look changed, I'd be aware, beware of them. You know, and not everyone is worthy to help you in your struggles. But I'm telling you, don't lock yourselves up because of that. You give people a little at a time and let themselves prove themselves trustworthy. 
Because if they're trustworthy with a little, they might be trustworthy with a lot. If they're not trustworthy with a little, don't give them a lot. Take it away and give it to somebody else that is more trustworthy. That's a biblical story. So seek them out because there are others like us that are hungry for the Lord, that are eager to be good soldiers for Him, looking for the same thing that we desire. And so if you need a battle buddy, start asking the Lord for one. But make sure that as you're praying, that you're looking at yourself and saying, am I somebody who's worthy to be a battle buddy? So this is important, guys. Understand that we are at war with a spiritual enemy. Sin and Satan. We are at war with the hearts of men that desire sin, which leads to death. So if your heart isn't right, how can you hope to leave them or to fight beside somebody? Soldiers are bold. If a plan is stupid, a soldier will tell you it's stupid or that they don't agree with it. As soldiers in Jesus Christ, we need to be bold, not afraid what people will think or say about us when we talk to them about the Lord. I don't want a moment to pass me by and I have to regret that I didn't Speak the word of God over somebody. Talk to them about God. If I lose a friend because I try to introduce them to Jesus, that's probably a friend not worth having. You know, if somebody tells you who they profess are a Christian and they tell you to stop talking to them about Christ... That's probably not a person you want to be associated with. And you don't listen to them. So be a good soldier. And I'd encourage you that the next time you watch a war movie, look at what it means to be a soldier. What does it mean to be a soldier? And then you know, there are strengths and there are weaknesses of both. But how do, you, how do you use the Lord and pray to the Lord to cover those weaknesses? So Lord, we come before you thanking you that you are who you say you are. 
that you are the general and the Lord of hosts. And so we ask right now, Lord, that the ears that hear this message, that you strengthen their hearts, that you refresh them, that you embolden them to fight for you and to not hide or be ashamed. Because in the end, it's you that we are going to stand before and answer the question of why we didn't do something. And Lord, that's one thing I don't want to do, is say I missed an opportunity to speak your love into someone, to speak your mercy into someone, to speak your grace into someone. And I don't want you to say that I could have fought harder. I want to hear at the end when I stand before you, Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, with those that you have entrusted me and the words that you have given me, I ask that you train me harder than you have ever trained me before. That I can be the good soldier in Jesus Christ. And it's in your Son's holy name we pray. Amen.